Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Blackhawk Talk, episode number 28, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm here with Joey Parisi and Joseph. Do you like New York? No. Why? <laughs> Just not a not a fan of the city. Oh, uh, do you care to elaborate? Yeah, I fucking hate the Yankees. There's nothing good about the New York Yankees. Nothing good about any of those dumb sports teams. Uh, I thought you kind of liked the Rangers. Eh, take it or leave. Hate the Islanders. My hatred for the Islanders makes up for my like for the Rangers. It's, 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 screw the damn state. No, I like. I can't stand the New York Rangers. I'm indifferent on every other team. I kind of feel bad for the Jets, but no. I'll always hate the Giants. They won. Uh, yeah, they won, but like they're one of two or three teams that are organizationally worse than the Bears. And you know how I feel about the Bears as an organization. Um, so I kind of feel bad for them. I kind of lump them in that like Lions, Texans football team category in terms of how the organizations are ran. But I know you hate the New York Yankees. They were defeated by the Boston Red Sox in the American League wildcard game last night. And I know this is a hockey show and we have a baseball show in approximately 24 hours. So I'm excited to hear you go more in depth on that tomorrow, but just some quick general analysis on what's going on in your head in terms of your Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Um, what a performance. Nathan Eovaldi comes up big, uh, a game where, you know, I, I wanted Chris sale. Like I've said a long time, you want Chris sale in that one game wild card, but the way things rolled out, they needed him to go on Sunday. Wasn't ready for Tuesday, but Nathan Eovaldi showed up. He was, he was what Garrett Cole needed to be. And Garrett Cole's a bum. He stinks. The Yankees stink. Aaron Judge stinks. Giancarlo Stanton, a.k.a. Mike Stanton, obviously is going to hit a home run every single game I watch. Um, but, I mean, the Yankees are dust. I don't know. I, there's really no other way to put it. They would have got probably swept by the Rays. So, honestly, the Red Sox just did them a favor. Yeah. Um, the Rays are probably not scared of anybody, as they should not be. But I, I will say, Giancarlo Stanton, what a good year. He had a great year, and so did Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I mean, they're they have good players, but I just think it's funny that they're quite literally like the two towers on the Yankees. Like they are the exact same height. They're both huge, Ooh. and they're probably the Judge and Stanton. There's no way they're the same height. 
They're about the same height. No, they're both Judge, huge. They're both big guys, but Judge has got to be way taller. I I would bet they're the two tallest position players no, in that game. I, right I would today. say Rizzo is taller than Mike. Oh, come on. I don't know about that. I, I mean, we have we have technology in front of us here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was an interesting game. I, I can't believe that the Yankees – I was surprised when they pulled Cole. He's because uh, Giancarlo Stanton's six six. Yeah, I know. Um, there's no way Rizzo is six six. Absolutely not. He's six three. Yeah, significantly shorter than Giancarlo Stanton. And if you pull up Aaron Judge and he's six he six on the six, money, seven. Yeah, screw you. They are the same height, almost. No, not. It's an inch. All right, it's an yeah, but they're like the two big goofy goobers on they're the fucking big, but I mean New York Yankees. They're that the makes fucking... when, when you see yeah, them standing night, they lie about their height. There's no way Mike stands six six. You're out of your stupid little mind. <laughs> Did you watch the game? He's huge. He is, but like you look at him next to Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge like towers over him, it seems. Do you think it's funny that he had a single and a double farther than his home run? Yeah, what an idiot. Like what an idiot. Like, there's so many idiotic things I could say. The third base coach for sending Judge. Judge just being as slow as he is at 6'7". Um, and Mike Stanton getting a single out of both of those. Like, oh, my goodness. Or he got a double out of the one, I guess, because they made the play at home. But you should have seen it. Like, where I was at, the atmosphere was unreal. The, the sound was coming out. And when he hit the first one, the first single, that place erupted. A lot of Yankee betters, a lot of Yankee fans. Um, and the gabagoos, I'm so happy they're gone. And I've seen so many righties hit that ball to the monster. I knew off the bat, I'm like, that's not going to clear the monster. That was, too, it was not high enough. And the fact that he only got a single out of it just it made my night. Honestly, like it was this the start of something magical. You thought it was gone until it wasn't. I did not. No, I did not. I have, I have witnesses because off the bat, it was a line drive. Any other ballpark, it's gone. Oh, that might have like hit the concourse at guaranteed rate field. Any other ballpark, it's gone. But like at Fenway, you got to You don't realize how tall that fucking thing is until that happens. The wall giveth, the wall taketh. Yeah. You've heard the old saying because a fly out at guaranteed rate field to the warning track could be a home run at Fenway. Because it's so close. But as it's 36 feet tall. So, I mean. Yeah, you know who, uh, you know, who's a shorter guy than everyone we named? Who? Kyle Schwarber, who destroyed his baseball. I love seeing Schwarber and Rizzo hit a home run. That was just great. I, I loved every second of it. That's always where my heart is at. How can I turn this into my narrative? And that's exactly what I did. So I hope everybody enjoyed the wild card game. Make sure you tune into Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow at two o'clock so you can hear in-depth analysis of both games because we are basically going to say everything we just said again on tomorrow's show with more analysis from the National League wild card game, which is tonight, and previews of the upcoming American and National League Division Series, which include your Chicago White Sox. Looking forward to that. Preview and flash starting the game. We'll be live when the game starts. Yes, we will. Yeah, did, you, did that not even cross your little mind? No, but it it's the three o'clock game, luckily, so it'll be we'll be kind of wrapping it up. Yeah. 
we'll do all our talking about that, and then it should lead into the White Sox series where we can literally preview it as Lance Lynn is throwing out the first pitch. Or Giolito. We don't know yet. Oh, I thought oh, – I was going off your word. Yeah, that's still up in the air. And Jose Abreu potentially being sick is an issue too. But we'll get into that tomorrow. Hopefully we have more on that. But it's hockey time. So let's get into period number Got your ass. Got your ass. Preseason is well underway. It's almost done. Almost done. The Blackhawks. Is today the last day or is it tomorrow? No, we got a couple more days. It's it's the last day for the Bruins. The Blackhawks (laughs) have looked okay. They have one major issue. And you could go to at DeWindyCity.com forward slash Blackhawks to read a column I wrote about their penalty kill. Over the last three seasons, their penalty kill ranks dead last in percentage. No, second to dead last. Only Detroit has been worse, and Detroit's probably been the worst team over that span as they rebuild, and the rebuild's going better. Um, Only six teams have given up more power play goals than the Blackhawks, and it's like the Rangers, the Red Wings, the Senators, all the teams that have been bad for the last three years. It's an issue needs to get fixed and they're not going to win as many games as we think they are if they keep continuing to give up power play goals at an extreme rate yeah um that stuff usually kind of takes a few weeks or even a month into the regular season to really shape up you know your penalty kill your power play well Um, the reason i bring it up right now at all and did my digging on the stats from the last couple years is because they gave up four power play goals to detroit two nights ago on monday and only took five penalties. So four out of five power plays for Detroit, they scored. Yeah. Um, it's hard with preseason because, like, if you're going to look at the whole preseason stats as a whole, there's some games where no one's playing. There's some games where everyone's playing. So, I mean, I I would just wait a week. I wouldn't even, like, I wouldn't even bat an eye about that, honestly. Um, the only reason I am is because of the way the last couple seasons have gone. Now, you have Tyler Johnson, you have Jonathan Taves back, Jake McCabe's a good penalty killer, Seth Jones, Caleb Jones. You're hoping that all of this works out because you cannot continue to give up power play goals to your opponents. Otherwise, you will lose more than you win. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like they're not scoring power plays, though, either. Power play goals, either. Yeah, Uh, that hasn't been a worry in a while. It's funny because their power play was bad when they were a dynasty. And then the team's power play has never been better but the team has never been worse over the last couple years yeah honestly i wouldn't that's not something that even crossed my mind in the preseason it's more about looking at guys and how you build chemistry with new players and and the organizational system and i i wouldn't even think about it i'm excited for opening night if it continues if it's something you see with you know their top pk unit then you know three weeks into the season if they're sitting at a penalty kill of 70%, like, obviously that's going to be cause for concern. (laughs) I am worried because it's showing in the preseason. And, yeah, you're supposed to look at individuals and different things in preseason, not the final score. But the penalty kill unit that was out there is something I'm looking at. And it not playing well against Detroit. Like, it'd be one thing if they gave up a power play goal. You let Dylan Larkin and um, all those guys – 
rattle off four power play goals. Bobby Ryan had one. Like that can't be happening this season. They have to be better on the penalty kill. And the preseason hopefully wakes them up. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I wouldn't be too worried about it until it, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, I mean, it's going to take a bigger sample size for me. Fair enough. If you are watching this and you have a favorite hockey team, even if it's the Blackhawks, and there's something about your favorite hockey team from the preseason, because it's impossible to go through all 32 teams and how they're doing in the preseason. So naturally, we go towards we go towards the Blackhawks, the Bruins, the Devils. Those are the teams we like and cover. But if you have a team like if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan and you want our opinion on you know, something going on with them. Put it in the chat. We'll answer it. We're not going to go through each team individually without being asked, but I would like to hear from the people. And if your favorite team is the Hawks and there's something we don't go over that you're interested in hearing about, please put it in the chat. I see from Scott's in the chat about Caleb Jones playing better than Seth Jones right now. Um, Yeah. That's where I kind of look at it as like it's preseason. Like, Seth Jones is going to be the number one guy playing with the top unit on the power play. I also think expectations for Seth are a lot heftier than they are for Caleb. So naturally you're going to worry about Seth a little more because like he's making all this money, but anything Caleb Jones does is basically like a free money cherry on top kind of situation. So yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I do appreciate the part of the comment where he brings up that Justin Fields is the starter. We'll talk about that a little more towards the end of the show. Yeah, and Caleb Jones, keep in mind, like, he doesn't have a guaranteed spot in the lineup. Like, if he puts together, like, they will have no problem scratching Caleb Jones. Seth Jones, he's not getting scratched. Yeah, and I think me and you both have Caleb making the team. Yes, I do, yeah. But not, he's not going to be Seth's yeah. partner. No, and if he if he were to lose his job a month into the season just because, like, he's been god-awful, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the case. No, neither actually, do I. Caleb Jones was actually okay for Edmonton, and, like, they gave him up for Duncan Keith, yeah, who is 38. But, I mean. We'll see if Caleb even plays any more of the preseason because he's actually missing practice tonight with uh, wrist soreness. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of, you know, take it easy with him the rest of the preseason. You don't want to see a guy get hurt just in these games that mean absolutely nothing. How great is it, though, to see the United Center packed with some people? Oh, yeah. Even yesterday, like the Bulls. Yeah, I oh, yeah. that game. Oh, I, I I watched every highlight of like the big plays. Yeah. Lonzo Ball making like behind the back passes, mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Caruso making these alley oop plays to um, what's his face, Zach Levine, and he just catch and dunk. Like man, the Bulls are fun. Your boy's gonna be watching the Bulls hella this year, and I want to make something very very clear. We have a friend. His name's Laro, Larry Golden. He does Bulls 101, fantastic Bulls content on the Barroom Network. He is the most talented person on this network by far. That guy analyzes basketball in a way that I can't process it unless I listen to him. Like, he analyzes – it's like he helps you understand the game in a way that I – like, I try to do it with hockey and baseball and even football from time to time, but I just get mad when I talk about football. But – I don't know. I'm very excited to watch the Bulls. They'll be on my TVs all year long. Um, And it's good to see the Bulls and the Blackhawks have United Center pretty locked down right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun, especially once we get into, like, you know, the heart of these seasons. If both teams have winning records, like, nothing better than that you see when it's fully packed. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Got a little something-something on the Boston Bruins and their preseason? Yeah, I've actually – I've – I'll be honest. Like, I'm pretty sure they have a losing record. 
or maybe it's 500. I don't know, but I've, I've loved every second of what I've been able to watch. Um, the guys who are, you know, are going to make the team are, you know, they look good the other night in a, in the water with the Philadelphia game, you had goals for, or it was the Rangers game, the Rangers game. When they lost in overtime, you had goals from Marshan, Bergeron and Pasternak, and they lost four to three. So I'm hoping that, you know, depth scoring isn't, isn't an issue, but guys like Jack Stanika have come, come out and, you know, really proven that they deserve a spot in the top six. Charlie Coyle is making his preseason debut tonight playing like tonight's lineup is, is as good as it's going to get. The tonight is their opening day lineup, essentially, except the only cause for concern is the goaltending. Like obviously and Stanika I'm, not playing. Stanika is not playing, but I think Stanika, like Stanika, He's kind of earned he's he's gotten as many more looks than anyone. He's played more preseason games than I I've, I've seen anyone ever play. I, this is like one of his first games not playing. And it's just to get Charlie Coyle a look on that second line in between Taylor Hall and Craig Smith. Um and if if Charlie Coyle does great, who knows? That might be how it starts. If you're paying Coyle 5 million, like that might be what you got to do and then see where Studnika can fit in. But from top to bottom in tonight's lineup aside from if Studnika earns it, is the oh, pretty much the opening day lineup, except Linus Linus Allmark, however you say his first name, I'll find out eventually. Linus Allmark, um, he's looked very shaky. I don't know if you saw the goal against the Rangers. He literally yep. pa- tried passing it up. It was a you know smart play by Pasternak to get the puck back to his goaltender, try to set up, go for a line change. But Allmark just waits, waits, waits. He's got Lafreniere right in his face, passes it, intercepted, goal, game over. Uh, on the other hand, Jeremy Swayman. We're going to get into some. I'm going to have to look up if he's rookie eligible, but this guy is going to be a number one starter in the National Hockey League for many years. He is so good. He's good in, he's even better in high pressure situations. Like if he, if a team gets on a breakaway, that's what Jeremy Swayman wants to face. He loves those situations. Um, and honestly, he's been lights out, continuing right where he left off from last year. So, okay. I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm listening to Spitting Chicklets last night big spit and chicklets listener again like i'm all back in john Bucigras was the guest and he said something that i want to break down a little bit later too um but they when they went through the atlantic division they started with boston because they just went in order of alphabetic and ra and grinelli the two bruins fans on the podcast discussed second line center and Grinelli made the prediction, similar to yours, that Studnika would be the second-line center and push Coyle down to third. And then today, when the roster comes out, or not the roster, the lineup for tonight comes out, mm-hmm. and Charlie Coyle is listed as the second-line center, Grinelli quote-tweets it, and he says, wow, I really thought Studnika would have had a chance to push Coyle out. I'm an idiot. Would you like to address that? Is he an idiot? Is he already wrong? Like, why is Grinelli saying that? It's very possible Stanika still has earned the job. This is Charlie Coyle's first game. He started preseason with a red non-contact sweater. He hasn't been – this is his first game. So, going into it, you know, when when months ago, when David Krejci said he was not returning, he's going to play in check, it opened that door for that second-line center, and Charlie Coyle was the first one that they looked at. Now Stadnika shows up to camp 15 pounds heavier. Everyone was worried about, you know, is he going to be as fast? Uh, he's obviously gained a bunch of strength and size, which is good. His Bruce Cassidy is very adamant that his speed has not showed down. If anything, it's gotten better. 
And he's honestly been one of the best guys looking in preseason. So it's really would just be unfair to hand it to Charlie Cole. I feel like everyone should have to earn their job. Jack Stanika so far to me has earned it, but with the way injuries has rolled out and the health of Charlie Coyle, this is his first time to show it. Unfortunately, it's the last game of the season. So it's at home, which is, which is good. You like to see a full lineup when you, when you're playing at home, if Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith put together a game tonight, you better believe it's going to be the opening day roster. Charlie Coyle will be there. Moving him down to the third line, Studnika or Coyle. That's where things get scary because I think Jake DeBrusque, Eric Halla and Nick Felino have also looked awesome. The Halla and Felino chemistry that they've developed in this preseason is something I've never seen before from two guys coming from separate teams onto one team. They, these guys look like they've been playing with each other for years. And I don't, I wouldn't like to see Charlie Cole or Jack Stanique as a fourth line guy. So honestly, there's a lot of question marks. It's a good problem to have, but we'll see what happens. So you don't think Grinelli's an idiot? No, not one bit. I still think Jack Stanika can, can, you know, open on the 16th against Dallas as that second line center. Fair enough. I'm, I'm hoping for you. And I want want you to be right. Yeah. I want, I want to be right too. And before uh, we, you know, you give your prediction about like the devils and what they're doing in terms of the goaltending for the Bruins, I don't care what happens. I guess, I mean, tonight's a huge game for all Mark. He's playing the full 60. But I will be a little disappointed if Allmark has a mediocre game and he's still the starter on, on game one. I want to see Jeremy Swayman as the number one goalie. And come February, it's going to be Tuka Rask and Jeremy Swayman, which, I mean, you, yeah, it sucks because, you know, you paid Allmark all this money. You signed him for, you know, a, a, a sort of a longer term. But you got to go with the guys who's going to win you the game. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um I do think it's interesting that RA during the playoffs last year. Do we have a frozen Joey? I think we have a frozen Joey. So that's interesting. Um, What I was going to say was last year during the postseason, um, the Bruins used Tuka Rask in the playoffs. And there are people that believe that Rask was injured. And I don't know if that's the case, but I don't know. So I was going to see if Joey's opinion, but he decided to freeze up. So I'll move on. And yeah, so it's just me for right now. We'll see what happens. Um, The New Jersey Devils, they got their preseason up and running and they're doing well. Uh, They're 4-0. They've scored a bunch. Um, I want to talk about Jack Hughes a little bit. Jack Hughes got a little hurt right now, and that's okay. But I definitely think he's the type of player going into this season that is probably the most ready to completely break out. And I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well now that you're officially back. Um, he makes players around him better. He's got good wingers, plenty of good wingers to try him with as the season goes along. And so far this preseason, they've looked like a good, young, fast team. And I'm very excited about it. I'm, I'm going to assume you're talking about the New Jersey Devils. Now. Yes. Yeah, they've – I'm not going to lie. They've impressed me. But I don't want to get my hopes too high because two years ago, I think the season, the 19 season, the one that got cut off, because of covid going into that year 
I had them as a playoff team and boy, did they disappoint me. So I'm kind of at this point with the devils of, I mean, I won't believe it till I see it. So, but yeah, they, they, you're just right about whether you were talking about Jack or Nico. I don't, I didn't know who you were talking about. Okay. I think this for both of them though. I think both of them are incredibly, incredibly talented players. And I think that's going to be a a solid, you know, one, two punch for years to come. So especially Jack, I, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Jack turns into the player who's putting up 90 points. So yeah, and Bucci mentioned on Spitting Chicklets that he's the most like charismatic player he interviewed during his time in Chicago, and that the NHL needs to push this guy forward and make him one of the like stars of the league in terms of his face, his personality, everything about the kid makes other people like attracted to him and the team and the league. So, I mean, he's just becoming one of those guys. Yeah, the only thing that um, it, it really makes zero sense. But I'm pretty sure that year I was really high on them. They also had a phenomenal preseason. And then once the regular season rolled around, it just wasn't there. So you're hoping things are different now because they're still undefeated in the preseason. But, I mean, if they keep playing the way they're playing on every given night once the regular season does hit, like, this team could be good. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But there is one team I have in the East making the playoffs that I'm not confident in at all anymore. We'll get to that in the third period. But, I mean, I just think the Devils have a chance. And, like I said, it's all about how Jack does. Have you heard anything about Dawson Mercer or Alexander uh, Holtz? I Just from what you've said, what I've heard you say. Yeah, they were both drafted in the first round of the same draft. It was that year the Devils had three first-round picks. And okay. Mercer was the second of the three. He looks like he would be the first if the draft was redone. Like this kid has been awesome in the preseason. He can make plays. He sets up others. He can score. I think he's going to make the opening day roster. I really do. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely spots for him. Yeah, but they're running tight now. That's a good problem to have. What do you think uh, the top line? I want to, I want to, cause there's a lot of projections out there. Do you see it being, uh, Tatar, Hughes, uh, the big guy whose name I forget that's long. Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Quoken and Hughes, Sharon Govich as well. And here I have Tatar with Nico and Brat. I think that would probably be how I do it. But if Quokenin and Tatar are flipped, I wouldn't be too surprised. In the bottom six, you're going to see Mikey McLeod, Pavel Zaka, Miles Wood. Uh, hopefully Dawson Mercer. It'd be nice to see Alexander Holtz. Um, then, of course, I think the defense is the strength of the team. Ty Smith is missing the rest of the preseason, and so is Damon Severson. But Severson should be ready to go for opening night. We're not sure about Ty Smith. And then Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier for opening night. It should be a decent group. Um, the way they've played in the preseason has almost surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they've probably been one of the better teams out of in the entire preseason. Like, it's hard to beat undefeated, and not only are they undefeated, they're they're you know kind of winning these games in a very controlled fashion. Like, uh, I, I don't know who started in a lot of these games, but you know they've they've had multiple one goal given up games. Uh, it, I'm looking here now. Bernier's playing the full sixty tonight. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, that, so. yeah, because Mackenzie Blackwood played two of the three periods on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Jack Hughes is only a possibility for tomorrow, whether he'll play anymore this preseason. But yeah, about yeah, him. he got a little hurt. 
um, but not like too bad. He practiced today in a non-contact sweaty. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. He'll be ready for opening night. And when he does hit the ice on opening night, I do believe he's going to take another step. There's hopefully no COVID in his future like there was last year because he was the NHL's leading scorer when he got COVID. So mm-hmm. I, I think things can change. I think there's big things ahead for this team. I'm just not sure how it goes this year. And yeah. speaking of Jack Hughes, his brother Quinn got paid. Mm-hmm. His brother Quinn got paid big, and his fellow superstar on the team, Elias Pedersen, both signed contract extensions with the Vancouver Canucks. They were the last two superstar pending restricted free agents. And Hughes got six years at $7.85 million. That's Quinn. And Pedersen got three years at $7.35 million. When Pedersen's contract is up, he will still have two years left of RFA eligibility. So he will still be a Vancouver Canuck beyond those two years. Quinn, on the other hand, will be a 27-year-old unrestricted free agent. Can you say cha-ching? I cannot believe that you are frozen again. That is just unbelievably bad on your part to be frozen again. So Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, they each got big contracts. When Quinn Hughes reaches unrestricted free agency, it wouldn't even surprise me at all if he just signs a boatload of money worthy contract somewhere else. Uh, Vancouver's got a lot of winning to try and do over the next couple years. I cannot believe you froze again. It's I don't know what's going on. Honestly, like I'm gonna this stupid computer. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's getting me very rattled. Um, I mean, I can talk over anything. Yeah. So, so you as figure as it out. You figure out what you got to figure out, man. As long as it doesn't cut out, you know, the stream, which I don't see it happening. Then you, when when it happens, you just gotta keep keep it rolling, which I know you have no problem doing. So yeah, for sure. So Hughes and Peterson or Pedersen, I was talking about them. I do think Jack or Quinn. Getting to unrestricted free agency at the age of 27, where Peterson will still have two years left of RFA eligibility because he only signed the three-year deal. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little nervous if I was Vancouver beyond those six years. Because, like, what if he comes and joins his brothers in New Jersey and they start, have some sort of, like, super team by then? Yeah, but you also have to keep in mind, six years is a long time. Yeah, and he, a lot can happen. Like, think of the way when I try to think of the future and how long six years actually is think of six years ago exactly and how much different things were yeah so like and six years ago the cubs were about to embark on their first deep playoff run in a long time and would eventually lose in the nlcs the blackhawks were about to win their third cup in six years um the penguins were still at the height of their powers the kings were still at the height of their powers there were 30 teams instead of 32. I had just graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot happens in six years. So, I mean, I wouldn't really worry about um, the whole what, him being a an unrestricted free agent at the end of this. If anything, I think Vancouver did an amazing job with it. Getting a guy like Quinn Hughes at 7.85 for six years you really can't beat that. You look at Kale McCarr's contract, Dougie Hamilton's contract. I'm so worried for what, what Charlie McAvoy wants. I'm hoping it's something similar to what Quinn just got. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, because that would be cheap for him. Yeah, maybe we'll even get... 
technical difficulties. What's up and welcome back. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go through all that again. What a, <laughs> what a mess. Is, is, did I hear thunder at the same time as the power going out, though? I felt like I did. No, I, I didn't hear no thunders. But it's now our cell phones weird. aren't working. The Wi-Fi is working, but the cell phones aren't. You tell me. Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea what's going on in our area because, like, I was clearly having problems all the entire show. Like, I would just lose connection down here. Um, and yeah. I tried I tried using a hotspot. And like you said, my phone, my cell tower, it's not connecting like a cell tower or something. Me either. I can't. We couldn't even text each other. Yeah, so the world is just ending. Can I at least watch the National League wildcard game first? At least we got to see the American League wildcard game. Worth it, worth yeah. it, worth it. No doubt about it. The, going Yan- out. the Yankees lose and the world goes out. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, what a, what a mess. Sorry about that, folks. You know, not going to stop us from tacos hockey. If the if, if hell ever froze over, we'd skate and play puck. So yeah, it's because we started talking about the Devils, and the Devil didn't like that. So yeah, but we were talking good about our old friend Beelzebub. We got through the Bruins, no problem. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, the Devils have been a disaster for the last five years. You know what? I blame Vancouver. That's God's Speaking team. of frozen. No, no, no. Uh, who is God's team? I don't know. God's team in football is the Patriots, no the doubt Bruins. about it. Um, I do think Hughes and Peterson signed good contracts. We can kind of end on that note because that is what we talked about. Um, there are a couple things I wanted to finish off here in period number one. And for those who will be listening on the Apple, Spotify versions these are all be combined together it won't even sound like there was an issue only the people watching live will know that there was technical difficulties at all other than us talking about it mm-hmm. what the hell happened to nikita gusev um him not being able to shoot the puck finally caught up with him because <laughs> was I... so good he was like mvp good for like a 40 game stretch in the year before every time i watched that guy play he was always afraid to score. That's what it seemed like to me. He was afraid to score. Awesome passer, though. He was a great passer, but there were so many times like where he would either pass up on the shot or fan on a shot or completely miss the net. Yep. Like, this dude just doesn't score on NHL goalies. Whatever he did in the KHL to get him this, this call over, you know, all power to him. But I don't know. He just is not a good NHL player. And I he stand was... by that. Better than Panarin in the KHL. Yeah. So, I mean, the transition just isn't always the same for everyone. Yeah, but he showed flashes of how talented he was. He's a talented player. I just don't think he's the smartest hockey player. Fair enough. You can have I all the talent talk- You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't know what the fuck to do out there, that talent is nothing. There's an old saying. I don't remember what it is, but I heard a saying once. I have no idea what the saying goes like, but it, it was life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. No, it was related to like, sayings. No, it was like it was related to having all the skill, but not like if you don't have the brain to use the skill or something like that. Like there's a saying, look it up. I don't know. I don't You've know. You've got thing. the bronze. I've got the brain. Let's make lots of money. Mm, mm. I don't remember the saying, but yeah, if you're if like I'm not the best skater. No, you kind of suck at it. I, I kind of suck at skating. I have a I have a good shot. I could stick handle, and my biggest attribute is right here. I big know brain Joe, go. big brain Joe, and big brain Vin. No doubt about it. I there was a play real quick before we move on here. There was a play in my most recent hockey game. Um, they they were going. D, they, no, we got shit on. They were going D to D in our zone. 
I was playing, you know, I was, I'm playing left wing. So I was trying to cover my point man and just certain things like the right, the, I guess the left point defenseman had the puck. I, I knew right away he was going over to his D man. So I just darted toward the middle, poked the pass away and got a breakaway hit the post. But it's that brain knowing that he was going to go D to D that hockey brain of mine. Speaking of brains, all teams participating in the Olympics, which going back really quick, didn't mean to transfer too quickly on you. I hope you win your next game. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, who cares? I won't be there. I'll be watching the White Sox play oh, in the game yeah. three. The you hope, I hope you win the next game you play in. <laughs> Every team in Olympic participation is going to announce three players that made the roster already. And the only team to do so so far is Canada. They've announced Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid with Alex Petrangelo. Those are the three. Vegas Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petrangelo, Pittsburgh Penguins centerman Sidney Crosby, and Edmonton Oilers centerman Connor McDavid. Duh, duh, and duh. They are not the only team to do so. Am I um, wrong? Oh, did someone do it like today maybe? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. The only one I saw, I'm, I'm going to try to see if the uh, – yeah, while, while you pull that up, I'll pull out some analysis. Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid are the two best Canadian players going. And Nathan McKinnon, too. But they're going to announce Sidney Crosby out of pure respect for the team's captain. And then Petrangelo is currently Canada's best defenseman. He's an absolute superstar for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think there's any chance that he... These are probably your three captains on Team Canada. I know there's Jonathan Taves. I know there's Shea Weber's probably not going to play because of injury and all that. But, you know, there's lots of good veterans. But McDavid, Crosby, and Petrangelo are probably your three players wearing a letter. I do think they're still going to give Crosby the C. We'll see what happens there, though. Um, uh, It's a good group. It's a great group. It was actually yesterday. um, Team Sweden announced their three guys. Mika Zabinajad of the New York Rangers, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Gabriel Landeskog of the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. Yeah. Gabriel Landeskog. Would you mind repeating the other two? Mika Zabinajad, Victor Hedman, Gabe Landeskog. That is... That's an unbelievable trio. An absolutely unbelievable trio. I love that. It is. Um, I think one of those three is the captain. Landis Cog. Victor Hedman. Wow. I would make Victor Hedman the captain too. Yeah. So Canada, they announced three superstars. They could win with probably just them three. I don't know. You need uh, the three should have just been that line of Crosby, uh, Marshan, and Bergeron. Yeah, they shouldn't have announced McDavid. No. Keep everyone waiting. Well. We appreciate people for sticking. We had that much of a technical difficulty through period number one, and we have a whole show to go. We've wasted 50 minutes on one period. Um, so let's head over to period number two. Everything goes in this show. So let's just get right into it. The Atlantic Division, the last division that we're previewing here on Bar Down, presented by the Bar Room Network. I hope everybody's been enjoying this getting a little extra 
love for the teams across the league and previewing them and what can you expect when your team plays against these teams let's start with the ottawa senators the ottawa feisty mean little team and let me tell you something betters i know we got some gamblers on the barroom network i know i'm a gambler i'm a degenerate you're a huge degenerate um the Ottawa Senators were a top 10 team in the National Hockey League season at covering, covering. It was either covering or like beating the points or whatever. It was something. Covering. Probably covering. So losing by only one goal or winning when they were underdog. Every team in the league that was in the top 10 made the playoffs except for Ottawa. So they're hard to play against. They're not a free win. They have absolute assholes on their team. And nobody's going to like playing against them. And they're going to be much better than people think. I don't have them making the playoffs, but I do think they're going to be a much improved team. 30 of the 32 teams would trade their farm system for Ottawa's. There's not a single doubt in my mind about that. Um, I, I cheer for the New Jersey Devils, who have a f- top five farm system. I would trade the Devils with Ottawa's any day of the week. Um, Tim Stutzla is amazing. Brady Kachuk is amazing. You look like you're getting ready for Halloween right now. Why? Because your face is so dark. Yeah, because when the power went out, my my white screen went away. So now you're just going to have to deal with my beautiful dark face. Oh, no. The fans understand. Like, you're <laughs> dealing with technical difficulty, Vinny and Joey, today. Um, Give me your thoughts on Ottawa, though. Yeah, um, I was just trying to think. I'll be honest. And, you know, I'm a man of integrity. I, I don't lie. I'm not, I haven't told a lie. And probably I was a little boy. Um. I don't think I watched a single just a lie right there. I don't think I watched a single Ottawa game last year. That sucks for you. The North Division was I will remember the North Division for as long as I live. And it makes well think about it. Like I, I was probably watching something else. Like I wasn't gonna watch an Ottawa like Ottawa was bad last year. I wasn't gonna watch them, you know. They were not bad. Dude, they were bad last year. Their record says they're bad. They weren't they were hard to play against. Nobody liked playing against them. They were yeah, but they were bad. The whole division was bad. Um, I'm not going to argue with that. Okay, so but it was fun. And they were at the if you're at the division, if you're at the bottom of a bad division, like you're bad. (laughs) They're going to be so good this year. They're not going to be so good. They're going to be. I'm I'm excited to watch them play, especially like in my division. Yeah, no Um, doubt about it. Going from not watching them play for almost two years to now, I'm going to probably watch them play eight times. Uh, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited to see these young guys. I've I've seen a little bit. Of, I've obviously seen highlights of uh, young Brady Kachuk and what he can do, and Stutzla. that in Stutzla, yeah, the German guy. So I'm very excited. I honestly, I hate Ottawa when they're good, but I don't think they're necessarily going to be that good yet. So I like watching these young guys develop. Couldn't agree more. Um, so that's a no to the playoffs. I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I don't think they're a playoff team yet because I do think they're in the the most top heavy division. <laughs> They are doing a good job, though, with their rebuild. Yes, they are. Because they went from being a goal away from the Stanley Cup final to shit in a matter of months. And literally a matter of months. They traded for Duchesne. He made them worse. Carlson went off to San Jose. They traded Stone. Uh, It just never really made it out of being that kind of magical year that they had. Didn't they go through the Bruins that year, too? Yeah, that would be why you hate Ottawa. Yeah, it is because in 2017, when they won in six games against the Boston Bruins, that was Charlie McAvoy's NHL debut. 
is coming out. And... Yeah, how are you going to beat a team or how are you going to hate a team for like upsetting you? My favorite moment of that series was Sean Corrali scoring in double overtime. That was the birth of the Corrali leap. Ooh. Yeah, that was really good. Now I know we're going to talk about a team here that I know you love. Deep down inside, they give you a warm, fuzzy feeling just based on their existence. And that is your Toronto Maple Leafs. If you try to sit here and tell me they're not a playoff team, I'm going to come down there and punch you right in the face. No, they are. It sucks. Um, they're a playoff team that'll lose in the first round, like always. Yep. Uh, Austin Matthews will probably have north of 40 goals. Mitch Martin. 40. Wait till you hear my prediction for him in the third period. North of 40 goals. That is a completely accurate statement. Mm-hmm. If someone has 60 goals, guess what? They're still north of 40. Okay, keep going. Um, Mitch Marner will probably be hovering around 90 points. Um, their defense is trash. Um, they're a good team who will win a lot of games 6-4. to four. All right. So you do have them in the postseason. Yes, I do have them in the postseason. As much okay. shit as I want to talk, they will be the third spot in the division. I have them as the fourth spot in the division. Or yeah, or a wild card. I can I could see them getting a wild card. Yeah, I don't really eh. I only call it a wild card if I think like like the other division in the conference stinks. I have four teams from every division making it this year. So I just think of it as like the fourth spot. Um which I, I have a flip in the Western Conference. We'll get to that in the third from my previous previews. I have one flip I made. Um, yeah, I, Austin Matthews, I'll get to him in the third period as well. John Tavares, William Nylander, Mitch Marner. That's as good of a big four as there is in the NHL. I do think Sheldon Keefe is an outstanding coach. Um, Kyle Dubas is a pretty good GM. He kind of stepped into a tough situation when Lou Lamorello pieced. He had to get Nylander, Marner, and Matthews all signed to contracts. He was in over his head with that. Anyone in the world would have been in over his head with that. People who make fun of Dubis to me are clowns because he had no choice. Like, who's going to, he's going to be the GM that lets Austin Matthews book it? No. I mean, yeah. people who rip on Dubis just have absolutely no understanding of how business works. So. Go Maple Leafs. I hope they have a good year. I won't root for them over the Bruins in the postseason, but I will root for them over most Eastern Conference teams because I'm sick and tired of the BS. Not from you. You're a Bruins fan. You're supposed to hate the Leafs. I'm talking about people who hate the Leafs for no reason other than the fact that they're the Leafs. They're people, they're, they're kind of like the Yankees of, of hockey, except without the championships. They're the team that everybody hates just because they they're have the championship recently. No, yeah, and the Yankees have them not super recently anymore. Well, more recent than '67, I think. Exactly, the, the Yankees have won like twelve World Series since '67. Yeah. I'm talking like they're popular. They're the league's favorite team. They have the biggest television contract, just like the Yankees. They're the most popular team. They have the biggest fan base, the most Twitter followers. I just don't understand why that makes people hate them so much. Like you, I, I totally get you're a Bruins fan. You being a Boston fan kind of gives you a free pass to hate the two most popular teams in those two sports. But I mean, I, I just, I can't get behind it. Go Leafs. And here's another team though. And we're going to get into them right now. 
I might root for the Florida Panthers over the Tampa or Toronto Maple Leafs. I really like they're my squad this year. I literally think I'm going into the season with Florida as my third favorite team. Yeah, you should have, I don't know if you saw any of the preseason game yesterday between your Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was like it was a brawl. There was just fights and fights, and I can't Corey, wait. I hope they play each other it. in the playoffs again. And this year, Florida will win. It, it honestly was awesome. Sam Re- Sam Reinhart was getting into it. What a like, pickup for them! Yeah, I was just looking at their roster. They were talking about Joe Thornton. Like, it like that's going to be a fun. Like, not only do we get to watch them compete against each other all year long, that it'll just make me think that playoff series between those two teams last year was probably one of the best playoff series I've ever seen. And I'm I'm going to be looking forward to every Tampa Bay, Florida game this year because both teams are amazing. And uh, the Panthers are going to be good. That's They're the reason why I could have Toronto in that wild card spot. Oh, I kind of, as of right now, I have Toronto in the wild card spot. But it's a difference of like three or four points for me. Yeah, it's going to be a close with the top four. Like I said, that this division is so top heavy. Those top four teams can go, come in any order. I, I think the two Florida teams take the top two spots. I truly could believe it could come in any order, though. Yeah, if, it could. If Boston plays to, you know, their potential, then who's to say they can't, you know, earn that top spot? Second line center's key for me. Every team has a key. So, yeah, so far crazy. with so far with Toronto, like the goaltending, I need to see more from Campbell and, you know, whatever they roll with this year. Uh, the Bruins, second line center. The Florida Panthers, I need the kid and the veteran to be good in net. Um, and then, so really quick, Florida making playoffs? Yes. Florida okay, so you playoffs. do have the Panthers making and, the playoffs. And I do believe that Spencer Knight is going to lead the way there. I think Sergei Bobrovsky is going to be the uh, distinct backup goalie not even a month into the season. Okay, and we'll recap our Atlantic Division playoff predictions with the rest of the three divisions in the third period so make sure you stick around for that the two-time defending stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning i mean there's four hall of famers in their in their core i mean they're the modern day blackhawks like vasilevsky headman kucherov and stamkos stamkos is their fourth best player he might even be their fifth best player because nobody's calling Braden Point a Hall of Famer yet, but he very well could be. And he's probably better than Stamkos now. So, yeah, Stamkos is probably their fifth best player, and he is awesome. He's got over 400 goals. He'll probably get close to 600 in his career. Like, I don't know, man. I, the, the Lightning are freaking good. I don't think they're as good as they were last year because their entire fourth line got wiped out. Blake Coleman's in Calgary. Barkley Goudreau is in New York and Yanni Gord is in Seattle. Okay. You wipe out their fourth line. So they become the Tampa Bay lightning from three years ago without that fourth line who won the president's trophy and they got eliminated in the first round. And you know, it was, they were swept and it was the most devastating playoff loss probably in the history of the sport, but in the regular season, they were one of the greatest teams ever. So, you know, who they did. Yeah. I'm not worried about them one bit. I actually think they could be just as good, if not better, than last year. Yeah, you were playing in a, you know, you're playing in a different division now. There's going to be more travel, longer season, um, but this team, for the most part, is the same Tampa Bay Lightning team with the 
some some the uh, bottom six guys missing and then Tyler Johnson's now on the Blackhawks but you look at the core of this group it's the same Andre Vasilevsky is the, in my opinion the best goalie in the league right now which the best goalie in the world I'll just go ahead and say it um you know their defense led by Victor Hedman who we just talked about being a, a uh, already lock on team Sweden could captain that team I think he's probably one of the best defensemen in the league um, and then, like you said, their top four offensive forwards in Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. I'll even throw Andre Palat there. And now they got Corey Perry. He, you know, he was getting into it last year. Playoff Corey Perry is apparently a different Corey Perry than we're used to. So I, I just think this team's going to be really fucking good. I have them winning the division. So all right, I have them coming in second. Um, it would surprise me not one bit if they were the first. It would be the first team. Since the what eighty three Islanders to three Pete, yep. So I, that only was the second American team to do so. Yeah, that would surprise me zero if they three Pete. It would crush me because that means it wasn't the Bruins, and they probably ended up beating the Bruins in the playoffs. But wouldn't surprise me one bit if everyone's healthy. Nikita Kucherov. The last time we saw this guy play in a full eighty two game season, how many points did he have? A hundred and twenty eight. Thank you. So unbelievable the lightning are just so good it's going to be another one of those tampa bay years where we go into the playoffs saying yeah i think so and so is going to win but it wouldn't surprise me if the lightning three feet like yeah. they're just that team yeah the montreal canadians lost to these tampa bay lightning in the stanley cup final last year the way divisions were realigned and you know all that because of covid19 protocols they had a Cinderella run and they were really good last year. I do not see it happening for them this year. I do not have them making the postseason. I'll just get that right off my chest to start off. Shea Weber is going to be gone. Carey Price is still good, but he's aging. They have Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, plenty of other great, great players. They do not have Kotka Niemi anymore. They lost him via an offer sheet to the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's somewhat of a blow to their forward group. No more Tomas Tatar. He is with the New Jersey Devils now. But they are getting back Jonathan Drouin, who took all of last season off to deal with his mental health stuff. All credit to him. Good on him for doing that. And he'll be back this year ready to play some hockey. So what are you thinking with the Montreal Les Habitants? Yeah, credit to them for going for it last year. You know, you enter the playoffs. All you got to do is make it, and then who knows what happens from there. You get They came the back from 3-1 over your Toronto Maple Leafs. Exactly. So you make the playoffs, you make a run. Who knows what's going to happen? They came short to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but you look at this team's future in their kind of rebuilding process, I think they're doing a phenomenal job. I'm just going to go ahead and make that very clear. I think Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki – the uh, the addition of Tyler Toffoli and him kind of breaking out as an elite goal scorer in this league, uh, of, who knows what Jonathan Drouin is going to do with a full year, you know, hopefully healthy. Brendan Gallagher has developed into quite the the point scorer himself. So like, yeah, missing Shea Weber is going to suck, and it's going to in their def- defense is kind of, you know, all around kind of, uh, what's the word like hesitant sus. or sus? Yeah, that's a, there's a good modern day word, um, but. The reason why I'm not going to have them in the playoffs is not because of their development. It's because of the teams ahead of them are just better. That's, But I, I think the Montreal Canadiens could really turn into something here in the next two, three years or so, especially if they continue to you know, score on some of these picks. 
So no Canadian de Montreal in the playoffs no, for you? No Montreal Canadiens. Ale, ale, gagne, gagne, ale, if the divisions were like they were last year, I for sure would be having them in. Do you like the language of French? Yeah. French is probably my third favorite language. It's very like, it. it's very fluent. When you hear someone yes. just speaking French, it's like, it's almost like they're writing. It's almost like they're speaking in one one line. <laughs> yes. There's not many like pauses in between. Yeah. And maybe it's, just maybe it's just because we're foreign to it and we don't know. And it, it, to them, we sound like we're fluent. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I do love it. Like, that's a really cool language. I always yeah. joke. I always joke that if you you can pretend you're speaking French if you just say French names, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, Patrice like, Bergeron, Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, uh, there was a French name I just looked at. On the uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, or it was uh, didn't the Leafs just get uh, Belmar? Bonsoir. Bonsoir? Or no, the Lightning got him. Oh yeah, Pierre Edouard Belmar. Pierre Edouard Belmar, Marc Andre Fleury, Patrice Bergeron. Doesn't it sound like I just spoke fluent? Yeah, French? yeah, yeah. I really like I really like French. I'm a fan of most Latin based language, so Spanish, uh, French, Italian, and then of course you got like um, Slovak languages like Polish, Russian, and they always sound angry. And like I kind of like that too. So I'm a big fan of language. I, I obviously write for a living, so people probably know that about me. I'm a big fan of language and all that kind of stuff. So shout out to the French. Really enjoy that language. Can't wait to watch some Canadians broadcasts with the French guys doing it because I try to take in as much as I can. Allez, boot! <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings know anything but French. I'm trying to figure out what order you're going in here because I've been waiting to talk about these sabres <laughs> in what world do you think i wouldn't do the boston bruins last and throw the buffalo sabers right before them i don't know what do you got on detroit i'm going in reverse order of how they're written on your sheet you clown um the detroit red wings it's another transition year for them they'll be better than they were last year which they were better than that the year before the Detroit Red Wings made the playoffs in 25 straight seasons. I'm not going to shit here and shit on Detroit Red Wings fans. I love Zadina. I love Maurice Sider. I love Lucas Raymond. And I think they're going to be so sick in short order. It's just going to take another year or two. Detroit Red Wings fans, it's coming. They will win the cup in the next 10 years. That is my, that is my spiciest take. Of any of my takes, I have lots of spicy takes. Head on over to at Vinny Parisi on Twitter to read them all. Call me a clown. My spiciest take is these Detroit Red Wings will win the Stanley Cup under Steve Eiserman as their general manager. I don't really have much more to say than that. I do not think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Um, they were better than I thought they'd be last year. And they still kind of like finished low in the standings. I think that's just a product of a rebuilding team. Uh, Bernier's gone, which is a big hit to them. He was awesome for them last year. And I really don't have much more to say. No playoffs for them, but up-and-coming team that Blackhawks fans, get your jabs in on your Red Wings fans now because roles will be reversed in short order. Yeah. Um, they acquired Alex Nedeljkovich. Yeah, from, good goalie. He's a very good goalie. And so it's going to kind of be a 1A, 1B thing. I don't know who's who between him and Thomas Grice. Yeah, Grice looked awful against the Hawks. Awful. I, 
I think Nedeljkovic is going to, you know, earn that starting job. On, but like we said, it's a team where not they're not looking to make a cup run this year. I'd be shocked if they made the playoffs. Uh, you know what's going to happen, though? What? One of these years, they are going to make the playoffs unexpectedly. We're not ever going to go into a season picking them. I don't I think, believe that will happen. I don't think they can with their current defense. I think their defense is their worst. Letty? Nick Letty's leading the way. Danny DeKaiser, uh, Mark Stahl, Jordan Osterley. I, yeah, I don't know. The best. They it's, have it's Pia a, Suter now. Pia Suter's in, in there. He probably is going to be a top six guy, no? Eh, maybe. The Dylan Larkin's be... really good. Um, obviously, Tyler Bertuzzi, Mr. Anti-Vax himself. Uh, hopefully, uh, he... Jakob Verana, who was traded last year at the deadline. Yeah, for hurt. Hurt. He, he got hurt? He got hurt two seconds after we sung his praises last show. Not oh, even wow. kidding. It That's was bad. Sad. When we previewed Washington, we talked about Mantha and Verana and, you know, the trade. And then the second we got off the show, it was like, oh, Verana's out for a while. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not good because he was supposed to be, a, you know, a key 50 to 60 point guy for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs. I kind of think you're – I don't think you're wrong about them, you know, being a contender – in short order, I just think it's going to happen a lot longer than you think. I don't, I don't think it's going to be even within the next four years that this team is ready to contend. Oh, I do. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Do you agree with me, though, that we won't see it coming? You they know, are just going to one year make the playoffs, and then from that point forward, like, here go the Red Wings. They have had the worst luck in the draft lottery that I, I've had for one more year. Shane Wright would look so if Shane Wright he would, but they could have used some of these defensemen from this past draft. Owen Power, or uh, if they would have won that Darlene one, like who did they take this year? I couldn't even tell you who did they take. Power went one to Buffalo, two was Ben Years took the Kraken, three, three who was three? Uh, uh, Anaheim, right. Did Anaheim have three? I don't remember. The Devils took Luke Hughes yes. at four. McTavish went to Anaheim. McTavish. McTavish. That's what it was. McTavish went four, three to Anaheim. Luke Hughes, four to the Devils. Kent Johnson, five to Columbus. And I cannot remember for the life of me who went six to Detroit. Simon Edvinson. Okay. Another really good young player. Dude, they're, they're going to be good soon. They will be with their – you know what's going to happen? As Tampa Bay starts to – it's going to take two or three more years for that. Florida and uh, Detroit are going to run that division. Two or three more years for that. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be good until Vasilevsky, Hedman, and Kucherov are gone. Or like past their prime. They're already having cap issues, though. They had to lose a very good third line. Yeah, but I mean, what's easier to build? A good third line or an elite top line that puts up? Oh, they'll trade combined three hundred points. They'll trade their first, second, and third round pick this season and rebuild their third line. It'll happen. It'll be about January on a cold night. You'll just be getting home. You'll have some coffee from Duncan, hopefully, and you're gonna get a notification on your phone, or you're gonna read one of my tweets. Breaking news: The Tampa Bay Lightning have traded first round pick in the 2022 NHL draft to. The Dallas Stars in exchange for Alexander Radulov. 
and he'll go there and play third third line minutes and be sick, and then they'll win the cup. They have Perry now too. Who? Tampa. Yeah. So Detroit not making playoffs in either of our books. Go off on the Buffalo Sabers. I'll sit back and relax. The Buffalo Sabers are. This is might be. We thought last year was bad. Did we think that? Come yeah. to a consensus. We thought last year was bad, right? It I think this probably year, the worst. Like Buffalo has only been bad. I think this year is going to be the worst year we've seen from an NHL franchise. It's going to be worse than that Colorado Avalanche year where they won like thirty games. Less. They had forty-eight points. If this is they going won thirty be, games, they'd have sixty right there. This is going to be so bad if the Bruins don't take advantage and get a free sixteen points or fourteen points from playing the Buffalo Sabers in the standings. Like they're a top guy, their highest-paid, their two highest-paid players, Jeff Skinner and Kyle Oposo. That's fifteen million dollars. Besides right Jack there. Eichel. Besides Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel is going to get traded before. October 12th. Keep your phone near you. Keep your phone near you because within the next six days, Jack Eichel is not going to be on the Buffalo Sabres. I don't see it. Okay, I'm telling you. Robin Leonard might have helped them, but Sam Reinhart's gone. Um, Obviously, Taylor Hall is gone. Curtis Lazar, I fucking love him. He's gone. Who do they replace it with? Anders Bjork. uh, Cody Eakins there. Yep, they're going to use Casey Middlestat in probably every game this year. Yeah, Drake. He's Kajuba, not going to be a healthy stats. John uh, Hayden, uh, Vinny Henestrosa. You, you look at their their defense. You got Rasmus Dahlin, which okay, there's their only bright spot. This guy was first overall for a reason. Rasmus Dahlin's sick. Yeah, he's very good. Um, then you got Colin Miller, Will Butcher, Yoki Haru, Robert Haig. Like it's just. And then you top it off with Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski as their goaltending tandem. This team is going to be so bad. I, I can't help but like laugh at it. <laughs> I feel bad because they're a top 10 fan base. When you look every year at what cities watched the Stanley Cup playoffs the most in America, the final four teams. So like, let's say the final four is Dallas versus... Vegas and New uh, New Jersey versus Boston. The final like postseason viewership based out by city will be Boston, Newark, Dallas, Vegas, and Buffalo. Because <laughs> everyone in Buffalo is a fan of a different team by now. <laughs> I think because they freaking love their hockey and it's a sports crazy town. We all know about Bill's Mafia. They're finally good. Like, I don't know. I want the Sabres to be good eventually. But I, I just I needed to get it on record. Not only is Jack Eichel going to be traded within the next six days, this Buffalo Sabres team is going to be the worst NHL team we've ever seen. All right. Worst, worse than 48 points, according to Joey. Yes. We never got to see how bad that Detroit team was going to end up being over 82 in 2019-20. COVID yeah. saved Detroit from being ridiculed for being right there with Colorado. Yeah, that's and, honestly that could be the best thing that happened to the Buffalo Sabres is if like the camp the season gets like cut off this year. <laughs> Dude, don't even say that. That's not funny. That would suck. I mean, if... it's not 
Um, and then, of course, so neither of us have the Buffalo Sabres making it, obviously. I think they're going to be right there in the Shane Wright sweepstakes, which I don't want Shane Wright to go to Buffalo right now, dude. I want Shane Wright to be sick. You just got done saying you feel bad for Buffalo and you want them to be good. I do, but... But you don't want it to be at the expense of Shane Wright? He ain't going to the Devils. Why? You don't want the Devils to be that bad again. Oh, for, the Shane, Devils, for Shane Wright, I mean. The I'm Devils right. need to get better. You shouldn't be rooting for them to get Shane Wright. For because Shane Wright, are right. bad for like the third year in a row after getting two first overall picks. And it takes time to develop first overall picks, except for guys like Shane Wright and Connor McDavid. It shouldn't take this much time to develop Jack Every Hughes. Every team No. He choose the captain. <laughs> He should. That's a one-two punch that will be a, a top one-two yes, punch in the league. It they is should, already. I'm not they, worried about that. Exactly. If the, and if, if the Devils suck this year, it will have no reflection on Nico and Jack, in my if opinion. If you don't get a combined 150 points out of Nico and Jack, then something else is going wrong. We'll see. You don't want them to get Shane right because that's a bad look on those guys. That's just if, my opinion. If those two get that many points and they still suck and get Shane right, I won't even slightly complain. No, but then it's like, then what the hell else is going on? Because you're getting points from two lines. Yeah. If they have a combined 150 points, they're not getting Shane Wright. Because I don't know. Be- I want the Jack Eichel stuff to be figured out by the time they get Shane Wright if it's Buffalo. I Shane, don't want okay. I want him to be sick. Who? We're not getting – here's why I don't want Shane Wright to go there. Even though I want Buffalo to get better, I want them to get better over time. We're missing Jack Eichel. He's probably not going to play in the Olympics. And royally, excuse my French – Fuck the USA out of getting a chance at a gold medal. I who knows what's going to happen with Jack, Jack Eichel in terms of when he plays next. It's not going to be in a Buffalo Sabres jersey, and his contract will not be in their office by the start of next week. I hope you're right. I want him to play on Team USA so bad, and right now it's not looking good. Um, if, if you got to call me Joey Insider the entire show next Wednesday if Jack Eichel is on a different team by October 11th. I could do that. Joey Insider. Joey Insider. All right. Well, Joey Insider, give us your inside scoop on the Boston Bruins. But before you do that, I'll just say it. I'll yeah, give I mine. Want, I want your scoop on it. I, I kind of gave a little nice preseason rant about them. Let's hear what, what are the Boston Bruins. Where do they rank? What What's going to happen with them? I do believe they will compete with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs for the top four spots in the Atlantic Division. They will be amongst the top teams in the Eastern Conference. It actually wouldn't even slightly surprise me if those four teams have the four most points in the Eastern Conference. I know the Islanders will be up there as well. And I could never count out those pesky Washington Capitals. But the Boston Bruins are very good. They're one of the best-ran organizations in the sport. I do think their window is closing a little bit. They are getting older. Bergeron and Marshan are not spring chickens anymore. Uh, I do think Pasternak and McAvoy make their future brighter than most teams who have a closing window, but it can't just be those two guys. Like when Bergeron and Marchand are gone, they're going to have to figure out ways to supplement that. I don't like Coyle as a third line center. I don't love Studnika as a second line center yet either. I think that's an issue. I I would trade for one if I were them. I do think that's possible. Don Sweeney knows that this window's closing and it's another year without a cup last year and i know if they were to go get a second line center that's very good someone who's out there they can do it they can win the cup and so i think it's something they'll address i love their top four of grizzlick carlo 
um, and McAvoy, and I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, Grizzlick is probably going to play third. Third, <clears throat> it's looking like Grizzlick is going to play with Connor Clifton. Yeah, for the third pairing because they they got Derek Forbert for a reason. And oh, meshing, Derek Forbert. He's meshing really well. He's a left-handed, you know, kind of, you know, very stay-at-home defenseman. He's going to play with Charlie McAvoy on the top pair. Okay, yeah, I don't think anybody's then, saying Matt Grizzlick isn't as good as Derek Forbert, though. Are there that those are their three best defensemen? You're forgetting about Mike Riley. He there's Mike a reason, Riley too. A he's not better there. than Matt Grizzlick, but offensively, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of guys are. Freaking Johnny Oduya was better than him offensively. I'm talking like in terms of being a good defenseman on the Bruins. I like their goaltending. They probably should have. You're going to hate me for saying this, and I know I'm disgusting disgrace while wearing this shirt to say this. They probably should have started Swayman over Tuka Rask in the playoffs last year because he was clearly hurt. And it was something that they should have addressed right then and there. They might have beat the Islanders had they started Swayman over Rask. He was 80% of himself, if that. And... I'm I'm just all in on the Bruins. And I think they have a really good chance to make a deep run. And, of course, I have them making the playoffs. All right. I'll just go real quick here. I gave a nice spiel about them earlier in period number one, if you haven't listened to that. I know it was before our technical outage. It was actually right before. Um, I have different vibes going into this year than previous years. I look at this team on paper and I think they addressed so many issues from last year. I think Eric Halla, Thomas Nosek, Nick Felino, Derek Forber, I think those are four very, very key additions for this team. And then that's not even including the emergence of Jack Sednica or who knows who the young guy if Trent Frederick has a, has a more developing year. Jeremy Swayman to me is a number a true number one goalie in the NHL and he's so young and yes he wears number one um I don't know I I have a really really good feeling about this team I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they win the Atlantic I am not going to bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning because like we said they're the Tampa Bay Lightning but I don't know this Boston Bruins team watching when they have their 1A group tune in tonight I know we have some important baseball going on but Tonight's lineup is going to be as, as good as you're going to get to that opening day. And when they're playing their system and, and playing, you know, the way that Bruce Cassidy wants them to play, this team is just hard to play against, regardless of who's on the ice. And you say aging guys with Bergeron and Marshan, I see both of them getting anywhere from 90 to 100 points, not to mention possibly. Yeah, I'm saying, I was saying it more like they need to start getting it. Like if they're going to win a cup, the years are running out. Not saying that they're not yeah. great right now. Okay, no, that's fair to say, but this is the first year where they're starting a season with a true second line. Like, Taylor Hall, I don't care who, if it's Coyle or Stanika, and Craig Smith, Taylor Hall is going to put up 80 points. He is. He had 85 in his Hart Trophy year, correct? No. 95? 93. 93? He's going to be close to that. Taylor Hall is going to be awesome from start to finish this year and that's going to be the difference maker for this boston bruins team i'm so excited for this year fair enough um i'm happy for you um we went through each individual team and we both have the lightning panthers bruins and maple leafs making it we both have the ottawa senators uh montreal canadians detroit red wings and buffalo sabers missing 
you have the Lightning winning it? I do. Okay, and I have Florida. If a team that we said not making the playoffs were to make it as like a sleeper, who would it be? The Montreal Canadiens. Okay, for me, it's the... Don't even say the Ottawa Senators. For me, it's the Detroit Red Wings. Dude, no shot. I'm not saying they're making playoffs. I'm saying if one of the teams we named... Detroit finishes higher than Montreal this year. No, Boom. I'll bet that. I'll bet that. Boom. So that's my sleeper. Who really quick? Let's because we're we're taking forever here. Key players from the division. Yep, I'll go first. From the key players from the division, you have the big four on Tampa Bay: Victor Hedman, Vasilevsky, Stamkos, um, Kucherov. I'll go to the Florida Panthers and then I'll let you handle the rest of the division. Huberto and Barkov. Those are the two best players in, on that team. Barkov is a top three player in the division in general. I mean that. And I think if the NHL were to redraft every player in the league with the future in consideration, you get to keep whoever you draft for the next seven years. Barkov would go top five. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think he's elite. And I never, I've never been more like confident in a take. So more key players credit to you for sticking by that. And then I'll go, I might as well just give the key players of the other two teams that we have in the playoffs. That's going to be Marsh and Bergeron Pasternak, probably one of the best top lines in the entire league, you know, followed by Taylor Hall, Charlie McAvoy leading the defense. And then on the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got your guys, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, probably even a better year. For, or if, if William Nylander has the same year as last year, that probably won't be too much of a disappointment, but um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. There's a lot of more question marks for the Maple Leafs for me, but those are the key players to look at in that team. All right, and that is our Atlantic Division preview, and we will pick up right where we left off in period number three. Welcome to the third period. We appreciate each and every person who stuck with during the technical difficulties. It's, as a result, we're kind of running a little behind on time. But let's roll through the third period where my plan is to give our official predictions for the 2021-22 NHL season. It will be officially underway by the time we get our next show going. In fact, the first game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken, the two most recent expansion teams being part of the team, the league's kickoff this year, will be announced by our friend John Bucigas. He will be the play-by-play guy. He announced it on Spittin' Chicklets, and I'm very excited to hear that. So. Hopefully everybody's getting ready and amped up for the season. I'm excited to go forward with this. Um, you want to really quickly roll through some predictions for each award? Yeah, we can do that. And is that all we're going to do for this third period? We're that, and then I'll recap my playoff predictions. I have them written down. I don't know if you have yours off the top of the head. And then we're each going to give one bold prediction. All right. Deal. Let's start yeah, with... You- you say the trophy, and then we'll each give our person. Yep. We'll start with the Jack Adams Award for the Coach of the Year. Ooh, Coach of the Year. Um, I'm going to go with Barry Trotz. Of the New York Islanders. Yes. All right. I have... My 
Atlantic Division winning Florida Panthers coach Joel Quenville. That's fair. That's my guy. I'm growing a mustache in his honor. <laughs> Are you really? Maybe. All right, let's move along. The Selkie Trophy. We already know what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm going to um, – a full 82-game year, it's going to be Patrice Bergeron. He's getting back on top. He's set in history. He's winning his fifth Selkie Trophy of his career, which will be the most of any NHL player. Currently, is tied for four. All right. I, I, it's obviously not a dumb pick. If you think it's a dumb pick, you don't watch he's, hockey. He's been nominated for the past 10 straight seasons. Exactly. Uh, eventually, he'll he'll probably get one more in his career. I think I don't think it's this year, though, because Coach Q is going to coach Alexander Barkov to his second straight Selkie Trophy. Fair enough. The Norris Trophy goes to the league's top defenseman. Who do you got? Am I going first on all these? Yep. Um, Norris Trophy. I'm sticking with my guy. He's gonna be the here. He's gonna get his first because he hasn't won this yet. Um, he's got, I think, plenty in his future. I'm going with Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. Trader. Trader. Trader against my guy. You're gonna who's say supposed to be your guy. You're gonna say McAvoy because I have Charlie McAvoy winning his first career Norris Trophy as the league's best defenseman. You can argue he should have won it last year. They gave it to Fox. He deserved it. Um, the points are a little something that might need to come a little more this year. I think they will. But Charlie that, McAvoy, Chucky Knuckles, Chucky Brightlights. That's mainly why Kale McCarr is gonna win it because of the points. I think he's gonna. I think he's capable of putting together a seventy-point season uh, as a defenseman. The Vesna Trophy has the league's top goalie. The Vesna Trophy for me, I'm sticking with the best team in the league. If Philip Grubauer, I'll just do a little side note. If he was still on Colorado, I'd be picking him. No doubt in my mind, I'd be picking Philip Grubauer. He had a one nine five goals against last year. Don't make that face. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be as good with Seattle. I think. And I'm not going to pick Darcy Kemper for Colorado. I'm picking Andre Vasilevsky. Going chalk. I think he's the best goalie in the world. I'm I'm going with him. We have our first agreement. I wrote down Andre Vasilevsky. He's the best goalie in the world. It's chalk. It's boring. Stupid. It's no fun. But neither of us have a hot take here. I think he takes home the hardware. This is where we scream and yell at each other. The Calder Trophy as the league's top rookie. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed me like fiddling around, changing screens over here. I'm trying to figure out if Jeremy Swayman is Calder Trophy eligible, and I can't figure it out. I don't know what it takes for a goalie to be considered a rookie. Does he, played, he have 40 games? He played 10 games last year. I'm going to say no. He is Calder eligible. Then for me, it is going to be without a doubt Jeremy Swayman. Okay. He is going to be the starting goalie up until probably February, and then he'll split time with Tuka Rask, who I 100% believe is going to come back to the Bruins. It's been talked about many times between Tuka and his team and the Bruins organization. And then when that time comes, Jeremy Swayman by then will have 20-something games under his belt, 
and he'll probably have just north of a two something goals against like this dude's save percentage is unreal. He's sitting at a career nine, five save percentage. Yeah. It's such a small sample size, but the games he started getting thrown into the fire last year, continuing it so far in preseason, he's, he's played the puck. Well, he handles his rebounds. Well, he's focused. He has got everything that tells me he's going to be an elite goalie. So he's going to take advantage of his rookie year and be the league's best rookie. All right. I don't even think he's going to be the top goalie amongst rookies. I will give an honorable mention to my guy, Spencer Knight. I think he will come in second for the Calder Trophy. But the guy I have winning it is going to keep his team in contention all year long until they fall just short of the postseason in the final last week or two of the season. I believe he will score anywhere from 35 to 45 goals. I know that's kind of a large margin, but I think he will fit somewhere in there. I'm probably going to bet the over on him if I can find it anywhere. And that's Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens. I will also give a special shout out to Trevor Zegris of the uh, Anaheim Ducks. I think he'll be in the mix as well, but I'm going to go with Cole Caulfield of Montreal. That's, I mean, that's a lot of goals. I know. 500 NHL career goals is in his future. Oh. Hall of Fame wrist shot. I mean that. That's a, that's a bold prediction. This I'm chop full of them. I'm chop. You never need a hot take. You know where to find me. And let's argue over the Hart Trophy. And don't say McDavid. Why? That's what I was going to say. Besides McDavid, because I think McDavid's going to win it too, but pick someone else. If McDavid don't win the Hart Trophy, it will be blank. All right, yeah. No, I'm not picking McDavid anyway. No, you. Let, let me make this clear. You're kind of an idiot if you don't pick McDavid. Like, he has the best chance. He's the best player in the National Hockey League, and it's not close. Sorry. Right, well, since we're talking about McDavid, since since we're talking about McDavid, let's just not even predict the Ted Lindsay because he's going to win the Ted Lindsay. Award. Oh, I I have him for the Ted Lindsay as well. They and I don't those. think I think picking anything else is stupid because that just goes to the most outstanding player. That's what the MVP really kind of is. No, like, who's the, the thing best about player? The, Ted Lindsay, the players vote on the Ted Lindsay. Oh, that carries way more weight than like exactly Dan every Rosen single player. For me, yes, every single player who the best players they're going to say Connor McDavid. They play against this guy. He is the best player in the league, and that's what the Ted Lindsay should go to. Is who is the best player in the league? The Hart yeah. Trophy is the most valuable to his team. Yeah, which so, McDavid very well could win that as well. So we'll say McDavid is going to win a playoff series this year. McDavid for Ted Lindsay, and then for the Hart Trophy, I'm going with a guy who I think is going to. Continue right where he left off in the regular season. We did not see it last year. Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, good pick, good pick. I have Austin Matthews. I think he's going to... You have him winning two of these trophies? What do you mean? We There's a trophy we haven't gone over yet. That oh, I well, I was going to go over the, the performance-based trophies next, and that is the Rocket Richard we'll start with. Yes, I think Matthews scores 62 goals. 62 goals. 62 goals. This dude is high. Do we got no, a not. do we got a, a little clip like smoke weed every that's you? That's you. Smoke weed every day. This is a pen, but I picked the green one on purpose. Oh my um, god. 62 goals. 62 goals for A Mats. Just telling you. Just he's got to stay healthy. If he plays 20 games and only scores 18 goals, didn't he didn't even come close. 
he played only 20 games for last. Feed me the under on that. Uh, if, the, if they set the over under at 58 and a half, I would take the over. All right. Well, since you're going to take him, you already knew who I was going to take. I'm taking my boy, my spaghetti man, my pasta fazool, David Pasternak, scoring finally getting his 50 goal season. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. And he'll also have at least three hat tricks. That I agree with. And I think Pasternak will score anywhere from 45 to 55 goals. But Matthews, this is the year. Every year has been the year. We'll see. It's going to be fun that these teams get to play against each other. As much as I shit talk the Leafs, I cannot wait for these teams to play each other. Hockey night in Canada, baby. The Art Ross, Connor McDavid? <clears throat> yes, most points. And if it's not Connor McDavid, it was Leon Dreisaitl because Connor McDavid helped him get there. Uh, if it's not Connor McDavid, it's because he got hurt. And Nathan McKinnon would probably win it in that case then. For me. Barkov top five. In points? Yep. I love the Nathan McKinnon pick. I just don't see him getting anywhere near 120 points. And I think Me either. I said if Connor gets hurt. Well, I, I think, think Connor will win. I think Connor will win the Art Ross by more than thirty points. See, I think Leon will be right under. Connor. Unless it's Leon, unless it's Leon, because they play together. Yeah, they're going to get fifty-five playoff or power play points on their ex- own. Exactly. So I think in order it'll go Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, and then I would say Nikita Kucherov. Then maybe like then it's a toss-up between Nathan McKinnon, Brad Marsh, and I see him getting hundred points. Austin oh. Matthews. Yeah, or Mitch Marner, uh, Patrick Kane. Yeah, exactly. Don't like don't sleep on Brad Marchand for that Hart Trophy either. No, I'm not. I Connor McDavid though. Like, I know I said Matthews because like I basically no, I banned picking McDavid. But but every year Brad Marchand's name is mentioned and mentioned. And the last time the eighty the last eighty two game season he had a hundred points on the dot. Like Brad Marchand, that line is going to be special. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to give yours, but I have my playoff predictions written down. I will be tweeting these again the eve of the season up so monday night but from the east i have the tampa bay lightning the florida panthers the boston bruins the toronto maple Leafs, the carolina hurricanes the new york islanders washington capitals and pittsburgh Penguins. from the west do you want me to do my east real quick yeah do your east real quick from the atlantic i have the bruins are you doing it in any particular order no okay the bruins the lightning the maple Leafs, and the panthers and then from the Metropolitan, the Islanders, the Capitals, the Hurricanes, and the Rangers. Okay. Yeah, I the only one I'm worried about in my East is the Pittsburgh Penguins. If the Devils, Rangers, or Flyers take that spot from them, I wouldn't be too surprised at all. Mm-hmm. So I have four and we each have four and four from the East. Yes. From the West. The Colorado Avalanche, the Winnipeg Jets, the Minnesota Wild, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Edmonton Oilers, the Seattle Kraken, and the Los Angeles Kings. That yeah, I, remember, Kings. I know. I, I remember that's where we, we got sketchy with that Pacific division because I <clears throat> I said something about Vancouver. Yeah, I I did I did flip though. I scratched the Blues and put the Kings. All right, I'm gonna go from my Central Division. I have the Colorado Avalanche leading the way, the Chicago Black Blackhawks making the playoffs, the 
Winnipeg Jets in the Minnesota Wild. There's four. And then from the Pacific Division, I have the Vegas Golden Knights, the Seattle Kraken, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Vancouver Canucks. I'm sticking with the Vancouver Canucks. I remember I was hesitant when we previewed the Pacific Division four weeks ago. But now that, you know, Quinn Hughes got his contract, Patterson got his contract, Bo Horvat and Brock Brock Besser, I can't speak right now, Brock Besser are going to be healthy. Um, I think this team can make their way into the playoffs. Your way too early Stanley Cup final prediction. The Boston Bruins. Over. (laughs) Over the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. I have the Florida Panthers defeating the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. And before I hear, before I hear, oh, you, of course, obviously, you're no fun. You're just going to pick the Bruins. I'm very on brand. Yeah, you got to give your takes. Yeah. Jared picked the Red Sox to win everything. Yeah. So that's. Give me one bold prediction. A bold prediction? Yes. The Seattle Kraken will win the Pacific Division. Wow. Over Vegas? Yeah. That just sounds kind of dumb. Well, isn't that every bold prediction dumb? Yeah. It's something that's possible, but like, eh, is it really going to happen? No, that's my bold prediction. I think Seattle's going to be very good. I think they have one of the best goalies in the world on their on their team. All right. I don't know how you don't think so highly of Philip Grubauer. If he was I still, do. Uh, you made a face when I said if he was still in Colorado, I'd pick him to win the Vezina. Yeah, because like one guy wins the Vezina. I'd make that face if you said Mackenzie Blackwood would win the Vezina. What I do you mean? He's what? Good. Philip Grubauer had some of the best stats last year. Yeah, and he came in third still. He's literally one of the best goalies in the world. He still came in third. That's my okay. point. Vasilevsky is so good. I get that, but I don't know. You can't make a face when I literally said, like, Philip Grubauer had a sub two goals against average on a, for being the, the number one starter. My bold prediction is that Alexander Barkov is going to be a top three point scorer, and he will win the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player of the playoffs. You and your Florida Panthers, man. Just telling you. Just telling you. It was an interesting show. Justin Fields was named the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, like going forward, even when Andy Schmandy's healthy. Um, I The first game, I know you're so into it, between the Bruins and uh, Florida Panthers is Wednesday, October 27th. I'm rooting for the Bruins over the Panthers. Don't misconstrue my words. I like the Bruins more. Everything I'm saying about the Panthers is purely based on hockey. That's it. I don't live in Sunrise, Florida. I don't know anything about Miami. I don't, you know, I don't care. It's literally just hockey. Looking at the rosters, looking at the coach, their jerseys are pretty sweet. I might buy one. I kind of like have to like embrace the Panthers now though and start liking them for more than just hockey. But I don't know. It's been a good show. Um, I enjoy doing this. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. Our amazing Aldo will take care of getting it. the two shows together or the two streams together for the audio version. Hope everybody checks that out. Um, Justin Fields, happy about that. Your red rifle is officially a backup where he belongs. Um, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, Lance Lynn was named the game one starter for the Chicago White Sox tomorrow 
against the Houston Cheaters. And Lucas Giolito, your boy, will be the game two starter. And I really can't wait. And I can't wait to discuss it tomorrow on the podcast where I'm going to get nice and mean. Yeah, we don't have enough time to talk about like everything. We're, we're very pressed. For, we're, I mean, we don't have a lot. We've been going for a long time here. Um, last show before the regular season, kind of a lot to talk about. Uh, I just want to make it real clear, real quick. Last week when I was talking about my Arizona Cardinals and the, you know, Kyler Murray going into L.A. and just being Kyler Murray, this dude is my early MVP of the league. No one's going to change my mind. He's the best quarterback in the league. Um, Kyler Murray. All right. You were wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong. He went into Los Angeles and whooped their ass. I was dead wrong. I didn't bet it, but if I would have, I would have taken the Rams, the Rams money line, the Rams to cover. I would have taken everything about the Rams, and I would have been wrong. I was taking it. You'll lose me when you say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and Tom Brady's the best winner in the NFL. I'm taking both of them over him. But and Justin Herbert's making a case to be the second best quarterback in the NFL too now. So is Kyler Murray, of course. There's no doubt about it. I still think if Deshaun Watson didn't decide it'd be a good idea to do a bunch of bad things, he'd be in that conversation. He's so good. Um, and Justin Fields is coming for that ass, bitch. Yeah, I was telling everyone, if hey, take the alternate line. Take take the Cardinals minus the points. You would have been right. They're a Super Bowl contender in the best division. The San Francisco might come in last. Like and they're good, so we'll see what happens. I'm excited to talk baseball tomorrow. Um, got anything left? We're ready to start this season. Yep, let's do it. Tuesday, so, we'll be we'll be recapping the opening night. It's on Tuesday, not Wednesday, for the first time in years. So yeah, so make sure you're tuned in to the games, and then you come check us out next Wednesday. But you're gonna want to come here tomorrow. Oh, at, yeah. Like whatever you do for yourself to treat yourself in life. Make sure you are on this network tomorrow at two o'clock for Crosstown Crosstalk. It is going to be biblical. 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 I like that. You don't want a piece of me over the next three to five. You don't want a piece of me. You don't want none of this. I'll be at game three. They're not ready for me. So make sure you're here tomorrow, two o'clock. All right. For Joey, I'm Vinny. At Joey Parisi, at Vinny Parisi, thank you for listening.